special technique. Special technique of shadow boxing. December 15th episode of the Boxing Source Radio Show. I am your host, James Bell, the leader of the Boxing Source. You could catch us on social media by going to the Boxing Source on Facebook. You could search Facebook, type in the Boxing Source, and like the page there. Uh, you could follow us on Instagram through the Boxing Source. You could also follow us on Twitter at Boxing Source Two, and you could subscribe to the Boxing Source on YouTube. Uh, we are going into uh, this particular episode. Uh, looks like we've had a little bit of issues uh, with. Uh, the um thing at Blog Talk Radio here. Um, so we're trying to work on that for a little bit uh, over the course of the day, but uh, it seems like that didn't necessarily um work uh, too well. So uh, we're trying to uh, get this thing moving um through a new uh podcast uh application uh so we're trying to see if we could uh do things here and uh go through the show here so um that is you know basically what we're doing here at this particular point so we're going to uh go through the show uh as uh we you know want to get through a few of the topics that uh, happened over the course of the week in the sport of boxing. Uh, So we're going to, you know, cover the card that was over in Madison Square Garden. You had the two two fights that headlined Madison Square Garden um, as uh, you have the IBF lightweight title uh, that did take place, and you also had the WBO welterweight title fight happen over in Madison Square Garden. Uh, so that is uh, what we're going to be, you know, going through uh, here in this particular show. Uh, so you know, want to you know get into it. Uh, here, as um, you had the main event, the WBO welterweight title fight uh, with Terrence Crawford going up against Gidget 
Kavalioskis for that WBO welterweight title. Uh, you had, you know, both of the guys there coming in the fight unbeaten. Uh, you had Terrence Crawford coming in there 35-0 with Agitagis Kavalioskis coming in there with a record of 21 wins, zero loss, and one draw. Uh, the backstory to this particular fight uh, was with the challenger, the mandatory challenger, Agitagis Kavalioskis. Uh, he was a mandatory, uh, but the last fight that he had was a draw against Ray Robinson. So uh, when, you know, this uh, fight was, you know, talked about, uh, they were like, well, you know, with him being, uh, having a majority draw against Ray Robinson, uh, that kind of, you know, didn't have uh, people really excited for this particular fight between him and Terrence Crawford. So uh, that is, you know, where a lot of people just didn't really have much expected for this particular fight. Uh, so, you know, what what I was like approaching that with this is that, um, you know, I felt that the um the WBO welterweight champion would come in there and pretty much handle business um show that there was a whole different level uh to him in comparison to Kavalioskis and we did see that but it was a little bit later than um you know what I was expecting uh personally so uh, but to get, you know, into the fight, um, first round, you had uh, these guys uh, pretty much getting uh, acclimated to, you know, what was uh, going on inside the ring. Um, so they were trying to see what the uh, approach was for each for each fighter. Um, what I saw. Uh, in the opening was that um, you had Terrence Crawford coming in there uh, being the or coming in at a southpaw stance. Uh, you know, he is a orthodox fighter, uh, but he does uh, go in to his particular fights and uh, does you know, adopt both, you know, both stances. He he is, um, he does fight well as a southpaw, uh, did, uh, you know, do that for, you know, a lot of his fights. And he started this particular bout as a uh, southpaw. But, um, you know, for this particular instance, uh, he, you know, approached his opponent, Kavalioskis, under that southpaw stance. and. Uh, was trying to, you know, see what type of a pace he would be able to, you know, have in his approach against Agitizis Kavalioskis. And, you know, the uh, first round or two, um, you had Kavalioskis trying to uh, move his head a little bit, uh, try to figure out what the timing was with 
Terrence Crawford, and uh, he was you know able to see that Terrence Crawford was trying to time him, and that by doing that, there were a couple of openings available for Kavaliauskas, and he was able to you know basically do that and get a few you know get a few right hands in uh so that he was able to score uh in the second round with the right hand and think about it is is that at times when they were you know up close in close quarters Kavalioskis was able to score well with that right hand and that continued into the third round and that there was a time where um Terrence Crawford uh was in some trouble there in that particular round in that um that Cavalli also scored well with that right hand and that he was able uh, to have Terrence Crawford down to the canvas. The only thing was is that, um, you know, with uh, Terrence Crawford down to the canvas and them being in close quarters, uh, Crawford had uh, one glove down there on the canvas, uh, but the referee ruled that as a slip, so it didn't necessarily count as a knockdown uh which was a you know a, a little issue there uh because you know a lot of people felt that that was a clean knockdown for Kavalioskis but you know even with that uh it showed that there was you know a little bit of drama there early in the particular fight between Terrence Crawford and Agitis Kavalioskis and that you know, wasn't something where uh, Terrence Crawford uh, would have an immense lead there against his opponent and that he had to, you know, work a little bit in order to in order to uh, get himself back into the fight. Um and so after the third round where it seemed like there was a couple of issues uh there uh from you know from uh Terrence Crawford Terrence Crawford uh kind of like switched up his game a little bit in the fourth round um you know instead of uh you know trying to approach uh Kavalioskis and you know, try to time him, you know, either from a distance or try to get into the inside uh, there. Uh, what, you know, he ended up doing was he just changed his, you know, overall approach and made himself a, um, you know, I would say made himself an aggressor. And first thing that he uh, did in this particular round, the fourth round, was that he used the 
he used his right hand, you know, basically used his right hand and started jabbing with that right hand. Started to jab with that right hand. You know what I mean? And um, you know, once he was doing that, uh, then he, you know, basically uh was connecting uh, you know, either with his left hand after chopping down with his right or uh started to you know connect in uh with his um you know with his uh i would say his his jab and uh also uh with the right with the left hand excuse me with the left hand um so i'm gonna see here uh just hold on looking at a few things so um, bear with me just a moment um as i'm you know running this thing here this is like a new little thing that i'm trying here for this um, particular episode um it's like having some uh issues here uh just a little bit um but you know as i work on that just to continue on uh the thing uh Like I said in the fourth round, um, you know, in the fourth round, what we had was you know Terrence Crawford uh, coming in there uh, with the right hand, you know, either jabbing or chopping uh, down with that right hand to like make an opening for his left hand. And that um, that kind of opened, you know, had given him more opportunities uh, right there. So, um, you know, by doing that, uh, he was able to, you know, score more points and, you know, get more shots in against, uh, again, it's just Kowalowskis. But, you know, even with that, Kowalowskis was still game. Kavalioska still was timing um, Crawford with that right hand counter of his, and that you know I would say that um, that you know once they you know, were trying to you know do some exchanges, um, that you know he was able to you know kind of like time time that well uh, as as you know Crawford was coming in uh so that you know once Crawford was uh coming in then Kavalioskis was um you know timing that well and getting that right hand in but you know even with that um Terrence Crawford you know tasting uh those right hands from Kavalioskis uh he he started to bite down and you know get uh gritty there a little bit and his uh overall confidence started to rise up you know after the fourth round once he you know changed his approach in from becoming cautious to um becoming a little bit uh more of an aggressor uh so you know, that's the thing that, you know, that I was seeing there in the fourth round with 
uh, Terrence Crawford changing things up there a little bit, and that um, and that he was uh, once he was becoming more of aggressive and aggressive there in the fourth round, then uh, we saw a couple of things uh, change. Uh, so, you know, with that, um, we kind of like saw more of that. Uh, from Terrence Crawford going into the fifth round, him becoming more of an aggressor, him using that right jab uh, to open things up a little bit more uh, there, you know, for um, him against Kowalowskis and him changing things up uh, for that particular fight. And that I think, um, well, in, in, in my eyes, that was the turning point of this fight was, you know, him changing to, you know, changing himself to becoming the aggressor in that, um, you know, he was, you know, able to, you know, make himself, you know, a, a, a guy to try to walk down against just Kowalowskis, uh in that particular fight. Uh, so, you know, once that was, uh, happening, you know, uh, I would say that, you know, he, he changed those things up and I I would pretty much say that Kavalioskis, you know, still had the same style, uh, trying to come forward, give, you know, Crawford different looks and try to time Crawford to use that kind of right hand. Uh, but once Terrence Crawford kind of changed things up, then you kind of seen Crawford being able to be more successful uh, there on the ring. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, you know, with him being a southpaw, you know, in that southpaw stance, he still had, you know, opened himself up uh, with that right hand uh, that Kavalioskis was throwing. but. Um, like we're saying, uh, from that fourth round on, you know, once uh, he was able to take those shots uh, from Kowalowskis, uh, he kind of, you know, bit down on his mouth mouth guard and just kept coming forward, kept coming forward. And, you know, once he was, you know, continuing to come forward, then uh, he was able to you know, become more aggressive, throw more power shots uh, against Kavalioski, excuse me, <clears throat> throw more power shots uh, against Kavalioski. And uh, once he was doing that, uh, then he was, you know, able to break down uh, Kavalioski over the, you know, fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds. And, you know, after, you know, he was doing that, uh, he, you know, kind of like said that, okay, this is, this is the type of fight that I, you know, basically, uh, want to do here is to go ahead, bite down on my mouthpiece, get to the inside, walk, walk, walk him down. Uh, because if I don't feel that, you know, he could basically hurt me, uh, then, then, uh, you know, I would basically say that, you know, I'm I'm gonna just hurt him. I'm gonna hurt him. I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna hurt him. 
And whatever punches that he throws back at me, it's not going to be, you know, much of an effect uh, there because, you know, I would say that I'm ready to trade with him. And that's pretty much what we were having there is that, um, is that he was, you know, ready to, you know, walk down, you know, walk down his opponent and, and break him down. Uh, so we got that over the course of those rounds and we, we saw that while, um, you know, Kavalioskis was taking a lot of those shots, um, it was affecting them, uh, you know, seriously affecting them uh, there, you know, at that, at that particular point where, um, you know, where he, he, he couldn't really take um, more of those, any more of those shots. And, you know, by the end of the, you know, by the end of the eighth round, uh, you saw that Kavalioskis uh, couldn't uh, take much of the shots he did uh, get hit. Um, you know, he did get hit uh, fairly seriously there near the end of the eighth and went down to the canvas and got a count there in, in near the end of the eighth round. And he was able to get up from that um, and get himself to the end of that eighth round. Uh, but you know, pretty much um by that time, pretty much we're seeing that that kind of like was signaling the um near the end of uh that you know particular you know particular fight. And so once we got into the ninth round, you know, uh, he you know continued what he uh I mean that's um excuse me that's uh, Terrence Crawford Crawford continued to uh go ahead and bite down on his mouth guard and come forward at Kavalioskis and started to throw those power shots and he mixed up the hooks uh right hands and the you know the uppercut in order to you know put down you know, I would say I would say put down um Kavalioskis uh, once again in the ninth round uh for you know him to go through another count. And Kavalioskis was able to get up from that. And you had uh, Terrence Crawford continue that uh aggressiveness in order to have the fight stopped in the ninth round and for Terrence Crawford to win, stay undefeated and retain that WBO welterweight championship. Um he you know proves his record uh there in the uh welterweight division at 36 and 0 scoring his 27th knockout of his professional career. And um, kind of like uh, solidifying his place amongst the top uh, guys there in the the wel the welterweight division uh, there. So um, you know, kind of like uh, see that 
Crawford wanted to, you know, make things uh, a fight uh, there pretty much. Um, and that the way that he approached those first couple of rounds, um, you know, starting in his uh, southpaw stance and, you know, kind of like opening things up there in this uh, particular uh, fight that, um, you know, that you, you kind of like seeing that Crawford wanted to, you know, make things, uh, you know, make things, um, more of like a firefight, uh, there, you know, so to speak. Um, so, you know, while he did get hit pretty good early in the particular fight, uh, that threw him off a little bit once he got, you know, comfortable with, uh, the shots that Kavalioskis was throwing that, um, he just said, you know what? I'm going to walk down this guy. I'm going to break down this guy. And eventually he is going to fold. And that's pretty much, uh, you know, what we saw uh, there in this uh, particular instance. Uh, so kind of like made this a, you know, like I said, a better fight than uh, what, what we expected. And that you know the the uh, instance there is um you know we kind of like had it to this uh, particular point um where Terence Crawford eventually you know made himself um you know basically the uh you know the aggressor and then the bigger guy um in that um he was you know able to just walk down and, and overpower uh, Kavalioskis uh, right there. So, you know, that's what I got in uh, reference to, you know, the things there with this uh, particular fight. Uh, it's uh, just um, just uh, going through also the um, that co-feature of the bout. Uh, the fight card, I mean, uh, where you have the IBF lightweight championship fight uh, there uh, between Richard Comey and Teofimo Lopez. Um, this was, you know, a fight that a lot of people were, you know, looking forward to. Um, that... Um, Yo, you had Richard Comey there coming in there as the IBF champion. Um, you know, he was able to, you know, win, you know, win that belt uh, earlier this year. Uh, you know, he had his uh, defenses of that lightweight championship when uh, he defeated Ray Beltran, who was a you know a former champion himself. Um, you know, I kind of like uh, seeing that the um, he was, uh, you know, coming in there as a guy with a you know, good amount of power uh, in his 29 wins that he was coming in there at. Uh, he had, 
you know, 26 knockouts. Uh, he did, you know, have a string of knockouts since 2018. Uh, was able to, you know, defeat Issa Tanaya for that vacant IBF title. Um, you know, and I think, you know, after that particular bout, it was looking like they were trying to set him up to fight Vasilomachenko, but uh, due to, you know, an injury, uh, he had to sit out, sit out for a little bit and kind of like delay things a little bit. Um, and then instead he fought uh, Ray Beltran in his uh, first defense of that IBF uh, lightweight title. Uh, so thing is that, um, thing is that, um, we have a few, uh, things that, you know, set this up, uh, with Richard Comey and Teofimo Lopez and that, you know, with uh, Teofimo Lopez, uh, he was coming in there 14 and 0. Um, a lot of, you know, hype behind him, um, particularly with him having a good amount of fights in 2018 and uh, 2019. Uh, you know, going into pretty much uh, like one year ago, uh, he had his fight against uh, Mason Menard. And uh, had a, you know, pretty much a highlight uh, KO victory there. And then uh, he followed that up uh, with the uh, fight against Diego Magdaleno. And that was, you know, another uh, KO victory uh, there. And um, he had like another one and he was building up momentum you know, build, you know, building up uh, momentum, and then um, seeing if he could, you know, get a another knockout victory. But um, when he faced Masayoshi Nakatani uh, in the MGM National Harbor, uh, he, you know, was kind of like a little bit um, behind things and uh, would try to. And 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 got himself to a uh, decision victory uh, in that. Uh, so that's the thing uh, right there uh, for this uh, hype up for this particular bout. Um, gonna see if we could uh, take a little quick break here. Um, trying to fix things a little bit uh, with this uh, particular podcast. So uh, we're gonna try to get right back into it here um in a little bit so bear with us and uh, we'll be right back
back here uh, with the Boxing Source radio show. Um, trying to uh, get a few guests on to join in with the show um, so that you know we could talk about uh, this week's action and then see if I could get a special guest in uh, to you know, talk about uh, what is coming up uh, here in the near future. So uh, trying to get uh, that, all of that arranged uh, here a little bit. But, um, you know, what I was talking about earlier was that we had the, you know, that WBO welterweight title fight uh, took place over in Madison Square Garden between Terrence Crawford and Gedejis Kowalowskis. Uh so you know we were able to you know cover that particular bout with um Terrence Crawford scoring the knockout win in the ninth round uh and you know him staying undefeated there holding on to that WBO that WBO title uh so you know, we basically had that uh, take place. And, you know, the other thing that I was uh, bringing up was the IBF lightweight title belt uh, between Richard Comey and Teofimo Lopez. With Richard Comey uh, coming in there as the IBF champion and that uh, Teofimo Lopez was coming in there undefeated. Uh, and you know, Teofimo Lopez coming in there with a lot of uh, momentum, uh, being you know one of the top uh, prospects, as they say, uh, in the lightweight division, and that uh, he was coming in there uh, with this being his first world title bout. Uh, the you know the anticipation for this particular bout was. You know, pretty high as you know, they kind of like were saying that uh, this was a you know, we toss up a 50 50 type bout uh, between you know, between these two. Uh, that you know, you had you know, Richard Comey there with a you know, good amount of power uh, in his punches uh, that. You know, he kind of uh, was going in there, scoring, scoring a couple of knockouts, uh, a couple of knockout victories, uh, particularly when he did win that IBF lightweight championship. And then uh, his recent win over former champion Ray Beltram. Uh, so he was coming in there with a lot of momentum. And then on the flip side, you had Teofimo Lopez. Uh, you know, one of the guys that has uh, been one of the uh, most exciting uh, fighters um, in the lightweight division. Uh, young, you know, young guy, 22 years old. Uh, you know, did have his uh, pretty much his quote unquote coming out party uh, last year in the uh, in Madison Square Garden uh, against Mason Menard. Uh, then followed that win up with a KO win 
over Diego Magdaleno and then getting an AKO win over Edis Tatley to you know kind of like build himself up to uh be a lightweight world championship contender. Uh then he uh faced Masayoshi Nakatani uh on July 19th and that was a fight where you know the expectations were there uh but he was you know going through a lot uh within his family and it kind of like reflected in that particular fight uh he was able to get through that fight with a unanimous decision victory but it was you know a fairly disappointing uh performance uh up to his standards uh so he didn't um he didn't like that uh but even with that he was still able to uh get himself matched up to fight Richard Comey for that IBF lightweight championship so uh that's you know pretty much uh what we you know had for this uh upcoming bout for the IBF uh light you know lightweight championship and and said uh as a co-feature it was a you know very very um highly anticipated bout uh it was you know kind of a toss-up bout uh there going into that particular matchup so um that is you know what we were looking at going into this bout between Kome and Lopez and you know, pretty much opened up uh, with, you know, both guys, you know, feeling each other out, uh, throwing some, you know, throwing some good shots against each other uh, right there. So, um, and, you know, both guys were, you know, able to, you know, catch each other. Um, and that kind of like opened things up. Um, you know, going into the second round. And, you know, in the second round, you had uh, both guys seeing if they could, you know, they could square each other up. And uh, you had uh, pretty much uh, people uh, getting, you had, uh, like I said, um, Comey getting caught with that right hand uh, that put him down to the canvas. And, that uh you know had him down he went through that uh fight you know that uh count and he was able to get you know through through the count um and get up but uh Teofimo Lopez used that um momentum from catching Richard Comey with the right hand and blitz Richard Comey uh, had him back to the ropes, throwing power shots, and the referee stepped in uh, to stop the bout. And you now have a new IBF lightweight champion in Teofimo Lopez. And so Teofimo Lopez is now 15 and 0. He registers the 12th uh, knockout in his professional career and holding the IBF lightweight championship. And, you know, this is something that he was talking about 
um, on his way up in the lightweight division and something that his trainer, who is his father, also talked about. Um, as his father, you know, said that, you know, this is a guy that is going to win a world title in his 15th fight. And he's going to, you know, basically uh, shock the world in his 16th fight uh, that um, that you, you basically will see Teofimo Lopez next year face the unified lightweight champion Vasil Lomachenko uh, and that Vasil Lomachenko who has the WBO championship the WBA super championship and is the WBC franchise champion um so next year they plan to fight in April of 2020 and it'll be for the unified lightweight championships it will not be for the undisputed lightweight championship um as you have Vasil Lomachenko being elevated to the WBC franchise champion that doesn't constitute him being eligible to become the undisputed champion as the WBC franchise champion you can't necessarily lose the franchise championship um so he does hold the WBA title and the WBO title um he can fight uh for that IBF title against Teofimo Lopez next year and put those two belts on the line but the WBC franchise championship is not really a championship that uh you can you know basically defend uh it's kind of like a kind of like an honorary trophy of some sort uh so that's you know basically what we have here within that particular situation with Teofimo Lopez and uh with um Vasil Lomachenko so uh that is you know what we got uh Oh, that's what we have here uh, with Teofimo Lopez. Excuse me. <clears throat> and, um, you know, with uh, Lopez winning an IBF uh, title. And um, now he is there to uh, face, <clears throat> excuse me, to face Vasil Lomachenko. And um, that will be a very, very big fight between those two. Um, that is uh, something that, you know, a lot of fighters uh, will be, you know, looking forward to. Uh, so I, I, I know that I can't wait uh, for that particular fight to happen. Um, so. That's uh something there that you know I'm kind of you know waiting for you know basically waiting for that to happen um and we're going to uh see how that uh basically turns out um I'm gonna see if I could uh try something here 
with this um, with this uh, podcast. I'm gonna see if we can add in uh, add in a guest. Um, so let me see if I could uh, do that here in a bit. But <clears throat> uh, but now what we're going to do uh, is see if we could add in a guest. Uh, to you know, talk in uh, to this particular episode of the uh, show. Um, have uh, invited this guest to uh, call in and talk. Uh, so we're going to you know have that uh, set up here a little bit. But like I said, um, you know we had Terrence Crawford defend his WBO welterweight championship. Um, against Gidejus Kowalewskis and was able to uh, finish all Kowalewskis in the uh, ninth round. And Teofimo Lopez defeats Richard Comey, uh by Sabich in the second round to win that IBF lightweight championship. So uh, do have that. And uh, now we're going to see if we could uh, add in our guest uh, here in just a bit. So uh, let's see if we could uh, run that here real quick. Hello? Yes, uh, Brother Andre, what's going on? My man, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good, brother. Good, okay. brother, man. Uh, seeing that you're getting back into the thick of things here uh, in the fight game, we got a fight coming up here. Uh, on Saturday, uh, it'll be at the Toyota Arena uh, in California. Yes, indeed, man. So excited, man. Too excited, actually, man. It's been a while, man. And uh, it'll be 19 months um, once I step in the ring um, uh, due to a couple of surgeries, mainly. But uh, nevertheless, man, it's, it's, it's been a roller coaster ride, man. It really has, man. And I'm just excited to step back in there, you know, and, uh, Put in work again, man. It's a blessing. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, we uh, you know, did talk um earlier this year when you were pretty much uh, working on that comeback, and you know now you're able to you know have this fight secured uh, against Juan Cabrera uh, in that yep. fight card. Um, like, tell us how you've been uh, doing things in training camp in order to prepare for this particular fight. Um. It's really all about getting my timing back, and uh, it was all about getting my timing back, and uh, and just really, really sweating the technique. Uh, I'm really, really, really sweating the technique, man, because um, you know that long layoff caused for, for, for quite a bit of rust, you know. Um, and we don't, which we don't plan on seeing a bunch of once we step in the ring, man. Can we get ample spine in? We work diligently on take on our technique. And uh, ring generalship, and um, and so as far as boxing goes, we've been working on a solid, solid uh, uh, format. Um, just making sure we're bringing out every bit of what boxing is for this kind of fight. We're not thinking knockout. Uh, just somebody we can we can take out, but um, I'm actually looking for some rounds, and um, I just wanted to play a really good boxing. Really good boxing ability this coming uh, Saturday. That's all. That's what it's all about. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Now, uh, just seeing here what you know in, in your <clears throat> preparation uh, for this particular fight. Um, you know, you've been working uh, there with uh, brother Kevin Cunningham. So, how's it been uh, working with Cunningham in your you know process for this uh, fight coming up on Saturday? Well, when it comes to boxing, Kevin Kevin Cunningham is one of the go-to guys, one of the go-to coaches. Uh, tell you what happened, man. He lives he lives really very close to me, man. And his gym is, I mean, no more than fifteen miles from where I'm, from where I live, you know. And uh, I was actually working with Herman at first, but he was working with the Ortiz fight, and so I decided to work. I decided to, um, I mean, I got a hold of Kevin. I was reminded that Kevin was here and uh, gave him a call. And, and uh, we started the works, man. And um, when I say this guy, like I said, he's going to be getting a boxing coach. Uh, that's exactly what we've been working on, man. Just, uh, uh, like I said, ring generalship, you know, combination punching, uh, sticking and moving, you know, head movement. Uh, Southpaw works. It's great for Southpaws, man. Um, it's been really, it's been really damn near flawless, man. I'm just really grateful that Kevin has been here for me. And, uh, and I'm actually looking forward to our performance uh, this coming Saturday. Now, um, being in Camp Cunningham, what would you say is the biggest difference that you've, like, kind of felt being in his gym? Well, he's, he, he's giving me back that rhythm uh, of uh, boxing ability that I've been lacking in my past. I would say three, even four fights, um, or like three, three or four fights, you know, I've been really nailed to the floor. And um, when I work with Virgil, um, I can tell you this, man. If I would have went with Ger- Ber- Virgil's game plan, everything would have been smooth. I would have I would have came out victorious. A lot of things happened that night, you know. Um, 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 to throw me off of my game, and thus I couldn't follow the I couldn't follow the game. So there was a lot of things that happened mentally for me that night. Uh, ironically, that kind of threw me off course, you know. Um, but with that, uh, I still didn't really get to move like that fluent that 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 fluent boxer, that natural ability fighter that I am. I didn't get to move with that much fluidity, you know. Um, and uh, when I went with Cunningham, he just gave me that slight difference. And the crazy thing is, though, the mid work with Cunningham and Virgil is it's 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 almost identical, man. It's really scary. You know, I didn't expect it at all. But we circle the ring constantly. We're working. We're slipping. We're putting punches together. We're working on offense and working on defense at the same time. His offense is his defense, and his defense um, is uh, uh and his. And, and we play offense off of the defense, you know. So okay. um, surprisingly, man, like I said, it's really, really well. Yeah. So uh, you've been, you know, kind of like working with the timing uh, there with uh, Kevin Cunningham, and you know, trying to become, you know, sharper uh, as you know things go along with them, and. You know, once you like kind of do that, you you kind of like become you know not only sharper but faster, uh, you know, with those punches um, when you do that. So, do you kind of like feel that uh, now uh, as you have closed down uh, that training camp and now is you know you're getting yourself ready for this fight? Yeah, 
it's really test, test, move. You know, like I said, it's not about the power. You know, um, we're not thinking about being fast anymore. I'm 36 years old, but we, at the same time, we gotta be quick. Mm-hmm. You know, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta shoot the punch from the hip. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta bring it correct. We gotta touch it where we wanna touch it. You know, and we gotta, just, we gotta bring it quick. You know, there's a big difference there. You know, Bernard, he was up in age, but he was still quick. You know, the speed is going. But that quickness can still be there. Mm-hmm. So we got to work with that quickness. Uh, Kevin Cunningham, Kevin Cunningham has been giving me that quickness. You know, uh, that lot on your feet, being quick to react, um, quick to throw first. You know, quick to get out the way. You know, um, being up in age, you can still be quick, and it's important to be quick. And uh, in, in this in, in this point of my career, man, so as elusive as as elusive as I could possibly be, quick. Light on my feet and uh, a combination punch. Yeah, and you know the thing with uh, boxing is like boxing is you know more of like a martial art. So you pretty much have to you know study your opponent and you yeah. know, study his mannerisms and be able to react to those mannerisms and come back stronger than your opponent did. Uh, so you, you know in in this particular process. Uh, you would be able to like see what your opponent is able to do, uh, time him, and then if he you know does that pretty much same thing the next time, you know what to do that next time so that he's like, oh snap, he done pretty much caught on to me, so I gotta try something else that I'm not comfortable with. Uh, so yeah. you know, w- once you do that and you don't have them being comfortable, then you pretty much you know taking advantage and and taking over the momentum of that particular fight uh so you know here going up against uh, juan cabrera um seems like you want to try to work on that a little bit as far as like you know the timing is concerned and 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 you know not necessarily you having to be first to the punch every time but having the best shot that you'll be able to affect your opponent um whenever you do throw punches against them right right most definitely man it's um it's like Floyd. It's like Floyd says, man. You know, he's there all the time. It's about making adjustments, you know. And um, I, I can imagine myself getting the ring on, on Saturday and being a little rusty. But um, once I come to, once I get warmed up, I should be able to make that adjustment and see what needs to be done and be able to calculate things like I'm supposed to and then get the job done like I'm supposed to, man. So that's the most important thing for me, man. It's all about my performance. It's not about the victory. It's not about the knockout. It's not about one round. You know what I'm saying? It's all, it's, I'm sweating the technique. I'm sweating the technique heavily. And um, and I'm looking to be nothing short of perfect, you know, um, uh, come Saturday night. And I really want to make the adjustment as quick as I possibly can and give the fans a good pre-show because we all know the big show is coming up with Tony Harrison and Charlo after, and even I'm looking forward to that fight. So leading up to it, I want to give him something to see. Yeah, exactly. You're going to be, like I said, in action there December 21st um, over in California, and uh, that'll be on the uh, Fox Family Network. So, um, you know, like we, like we were saying here, you know, you, you're you working on this uh, comeback that you're having. Um, yeah. Now, just to, you know, clarify, what, what division uh, this uh, particular fight will be in and what uh, division you'll be campaigning in? Uh, here as you continue your career. I'm 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 campaigning in the light 
Gotcha. Now, uh, you know, with you campaigning there in the light heavyweight division, um, you know, there's a you know good amount of things that are, you know, out there in the light heavyweight division. Um, you do have those, you know, you do have those champions that are out there. Yes, Canelo has a world title there. Uh, you know, you do have Arthur Betabiev out there. Um, you know, you have, um, but you do also have. Uh, that following week, a uh, pretty intriguing battle in the light heavyweight yeah. division between John Pascal and Badu Jack. So that could be, you know, a potential fight that you could look at uh, in 2020 is the winner of uh, Pascal and Jack uh, there at light heavyweight. That's my immediate aim. I just talked about that aim today. And that's something we're going to definitely try to put in motion. Um, we have work to do. Nevertheless, we have an opponent on Saturday, and we have to get the job done there first. And uh, we have our sights set on that fight. Uh, in fact, I'll be one of the commentators uh, for that fight coming up. You know, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we're all around the same age with Badu Jack, with uh, Gene Pascal. Um, we're all excited fighters. You know, and uh, uh, black, nevertheless. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Black, mm-hmm. y'all know what you know what a black two black fighters are bring when they step in the ring. Yep. You know, you get that stylistic, you know, action packed, energetic fight. You know, um, and um, I don't think that I don't think they're in search for the Russians as of right now. Bitterbeard, like you said, um, I'm not looking forward to fighting him in this in, in this or the next year. You know what I'm saying? That's something that I would definitely take towards the end of my career. You know, um, 
and I know Otto Jackson is trying to find himself again. And he, mm-hmm. he really hasn't lost himself. You know, he really hasn't lost himself. Um, he just he took a loss against Marcus, and he just had to deal with it. Uh, but he has a key fight. He didn't lose too much, though. He has a lot of he, – he's a, he's a very skilled guy. He brings a lot to the table. Everybody still wants to see him. And we know that's the, the same goes for Gene Pascal, man. He's been up and down, but nevertheless, he remains optimistic. He remains hungry. He puts on the show. He 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 always seems to surprise us, you know. Yeah. And he's in the game as well as I. So um, with three of us, man, we can make great fights happen. You know, just alone. You know, but and then once you put the rest of the lightweights on top of that, then who knows, man? I'm I'm really really looking forward to the future. It's wide open. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that light heavyweight division, you know, has a lot of opportunities out there that you'll be able to, you know, take advantage of. And, you know, like we were saying here with that uh, matchup of uh, Pascal and Jack that's coming up in Atlanta on uh, December 28th, that, you know, could open up a good number of possibilities. Like you said, with John Pascal, he pretty much is, you know, never out of a fight. Um, I mean, he had those. Uh, fights against uh, Marcus Brown. That fight against Marcus Brown, you know, pretty much there uh, that he had where he was able to end up scoring the win, and, and he was uh, very excited about that particular win. Um, and, you know, he, and he had that uh, fight uh, for the world title uh, earlier than that where he kind of was able to hold his own in that particular bout. So uh, those those fights do bring up a lot of opportunities uh, for you and uh, those guys out there in the light heavyweight division. They do. They do, man. Um, so, uh, like, I have options. I do. You know, but uh, I have a lot to prove. So, Bobby Jacks, like, he's literally like the first guy on my list, man. Um, one guy I wanted, I, I did want to say, you know what, uh, let, let me take this fight, maybe the third fight in. Um, and it still might be the third fight in. We're going to see how I feel with this fight, how I look this fight, how I perform. Mm-hmm. We're going to get right back in the gym and keep working, you know. And that was somebody I did, I did, idealistically that I want to step in maybe toward the end and just show the fans that Andre the Real, Andre the Real is here and he's here to stay, man. I'm ready to step in the ring and put my uh, abilities to the test, man. I have a very strong mindset. I told, I told, um, Kevin Cunningham and we first linked up, man. I said, you got the best version of Andre Andre Duell there is. Like ever in this game. And I mean and I mean that from a mental aspect. I've been through so much of my career, me and my career has been a roller coaster. Nevertheless, I had a great career. I'm blessed. I'm, I'm thankful that God has blessed me with the career that I've had so far, you know. Um, but I know um something was missing, you know, and, and I know I gained that something and I know I've been working on myself. Um, um, for the past two years, you know, and when I told that to Virgil, I mean, when I told that to Kevin Cunningham, um, I believe he took it to heart. He can feel it, man. You know, it definitely, this definitely be the best version of Andre Brill to have. You know, um, what I lack in physical ability being 36 versus 20, 20 years old, 21 years old, I gained in mental ability and mental capabilities and. Um, uh, mental structure, man, and wing IT, man. So that's what I'm looking most forward to, man. You know, my adversities have all been, I've faced pretty much any adversity you can face in the ring, man, and out the ring. 
And I do believe it molded me into a very solid individual as a fighter and as a man alike, man. You know, um, God has been good to me, and I recognize and I recognize that, man. And I just want to prove myself from this point forward. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Now, um, just seeing here that you you're having this fight uh, coming up, and you're you're having those preparations there in the in the light heavyweight division. Now you said that you you know you've been working uh there with Kevin Cunningham and training for this particular bout. Um now is that you know pretty much in close to your area or did you go like somewhere else to like kind of like get this thing going? I'm right here at home, literally like about fifteen miles away from my house. You know, um my wife is there handling her business. My son just had a birthday. You know, um, I wasn't there. You know, um, she knows I'm putting the work in, training, getting ready. Um, and that's what it is. And, and I believe this will be the spot. If, not, then, uh, if, if there's a big fight, big fight, once the big fight happens, I might make a move. But Kevin will have to be comfortable with that as well. You know, I'm going to give him that option as well. And, uh and we'll play it from there. But I'm right here at home in Florida, man. The weather's perfect. Mm-hmm. I know all the time, you know what I'm saying, as far as training, as far as the running that I need. Uh, I got my strength and conditioning coach, Steve Stolich, here at, at Big Time Boxing. You know, so I have everything I need right here, man. I, I'm, I'm set, you know. So, um, yeah, Florida's it. Florida's it. Yeah, you down there in um, Lake Worth and – you know that yeah that kind of you know gives you some time some type of uh you know comfortability you know being out there in the in the in the Florida weather you know yeah. over there in December in comparison to like you know where you know me I'm currently over in the DC area or you know being over in Michigan so that kind of you know is a a stark contrast to like where you're at right now uh, being over in uh, that near that Lake Worth area and whatnot. But you work with what you got, man. Whether you're in D.C., whether you're in Michigan, man, you, you got to deal with the snow, you got to deal with the rain. As a fighter, deal with it. You know, it's just something we got to deal with, man. Uh, like I said, if anything, it can make you harder. If you got to run out of snow that's three feet deep, it's going to make you harder. It's going to make you hungry. It's going to make you want it more. It's going to make you deserve it. It's going to make you feel like you deserve it more. So put the work in, get yourself through it, uh, become mentally tougher, and you can Anything is possible, man. Anything is possible. Yeah, true, true, true. It's just that, yo, know, it's it's uh with that with it being in the seventies and eighties over there, and I'm, and I'm good, you know, man. Good. And, and I'm working with the forties and fifties, and then coming down to the thirties, getting ready for this winter weather. Man, it's a whole another difference out there, man. Your phone will turn. I just got the ice up today, man.
<laughs> yeah, it's, it, it gets to some particular point where you're like, man, I can't, I can't take this no more. <laughs> I, I know, right? I got to that point seven and a half years ago, man, and made my way. You know, thank God I did. Lord is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I actually, uh, had, I actually left for it and went into this. So I was like, eh, well, oh. yeah, yeah. Wow. I was like, yeah. I, yo, I, I had, I made that choice, man, to you know come up to the DC area. But I mean, this was the area that I did like, you know, anyway. So I was like, yo. I know what I was going to deal with, but yo, I'm going to, I'm going to get through it. Like you said, man, you got to go yeah, through that's it. Right. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. Absolutely, man. You know, so, uh, but yeah, just continuing on here, um, with uh, Andre DeVell, uh, like you were saying, you, you, you're there over in the Lake Worth area, continuing your professional career, uh, in the light heavyweight division. Uh, you pretty much, you know, have your plan uh, going down there. Um, what do you think um, you want to try to execute here in this particular bout against Juan Cabrera? Um, being quick, like I said, being quick and, and using my time well and just respecting the ring and, and, and showing good, you know, leadership in there, you know, um, I want the I want my ring generalship to stand out. I want to make I want to make precise moves. I want to, you know, um, I, re I really want to find my ability. I want to find my ability in that ring. I want to execute like I'm supposed to. You know, I want to get my shots off on time. You know, it's good. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's going to be that, that. That's something I've been working on the camp, and it's been coming along really well, and it's been sending really good. But when you step under those lights, man, you know, they can change, things can change really fast, you know. So my focus is literally, like I said, just really being quick and just executing. I just want to execute. If I, if I can execute 70% of my ability, then I'm headed toward the right direction. Because we, we all know it's going to take more than one camp uh, with a certain coach to really get down, to get it down packed. This is going to take a group of just being in fight mode, you know, so like, I've been fighting once a month, I mean, once a year in the past. Um, I, I should be getting moved along pretty well right now, so being able to fight again, I think I'll find that groove, even if I can get 65 to 70% of it out this fight, and that's what I'm aiming to do, just get a nice rhythm going. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, once you do get that rhythm going, you, you're in the ring against an opponent because i mean it, it it's almost like um you know like being in the football field like you could practice a lot of times over and over again against your teammates or whatever it is but it, it's completely different than when you step out on the field and you're actually facing your opponent and the same thing goes here in, in boxing like you could train you could run you could you know do um you know, punching drills, defense drills, and everything like that. But, you know, once you get into that ring and you're one-on-one -on -one against that opponent and then you just know where you're at at that particular point, then it's a whole different uh, scene uh, right there. And then once you're comfortable and you know that what you were working on all that time is pretty much coming into fruition, then it's pretty much smooth sailing after that. That's right, man. 
you have to be confident in your ability, man. That's the thing about practicing versus performing, man. You know, we do it on the everyday basis in, in, in the gym. And, and, and we become accustomed. We become used to it. You know, it's the same thing every day. You know, you can have different flying partners every day. You know, but it's the same thing. We know what we're here to work on. We're working it day by day. We get that week off. Everybody's anxious. You know, the fight's getting ready to start. You're in the back warming up, working on it. You know, you step in that ring, and something kind of falls out of balance, man. So the important thing is for you to remain confident in your ability. Don't sweat it at all. You know, step in and just execute like you've been doing for the past two months. You know, that's the most important thing, man, just mainly being confident in your ability. I mean, you're going to execute like you want to eventually. We got 12 rounds to do so, 36 minutes, so I see it coming down the line. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yep. And once again, uh, you have Andre Durrell here that will be fighting Juan Cabrera over on December 21st in the fight card headlined by the rematch between Tony Harrison and Jamel Charlo for the WBC Super Welterweight Championship. So um, we should be able to uh, catch that in the uh, Fox Family and Networks, Fox and Fox Sports 1. So we'll definitely uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, before, you know, I uh, let you go here, uh, just wanted to, you know, get your thoughts on a couple of things. Uh, you know, one thing uh, being the current boxing scene in general, uh, we've had like a good number of big fights that have happened over the past few weeks or so. I think this is my Masoos PG. One second. I'm so sorry, bro. Yeah. All right, um, just uh, you know, have um, you know, have him on hold here for a little bit. So I think um, gonna see if we could get him uh, back here on the scene uh, here in just a little bit. Um, but you know, just uh, was talking here with Andre Durrell. Like I said, uh, he's you know getting back into the boxing scene uh, here, uh, going up against. Juan Cabrera uh, after uh, having his last fight where uh, he did lose to Jose Uscategui, uh over in the Barclays Center on March 3rd, 2018. Uh, so, you know, he's getting back into it. In the life of the My bad, person. sir. My bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I was uh, just saying that with uh, you getting back into it uh, here in the light heavyweight division, uh, against Juan Cabrera, like I said, Fox Family Networks, Fox, Fox Sports 1. Y'all be sure to catch it on Saturday night. Um, and, you know, what I was saying was, like, you know, the boxing scene has been pretty much uh, very active over the past few weeks or so. Uh, we've had a few big fights uh, that have happened over the past, like, six weeks or so with Canelo Alvarez against uh, Sergey Kovalev, um, Deontay Wilder against Luis Ortiz, um, you know, Anthony Joshua against um, Andy Ruiz Jr. And then the uh, fights that happened uh, yesterday. Uh, so what what have you, you know, seen over the past uh, few weeks or so that have, like, opened your eye a little bit in the boxing game? Uh, honestly, man, I just I feel like the sport is more alive than ever. You know, with, with, with the, the, I know the heavyweight division is looking really good, man. I was talking to uh, – my good friend Rip Hamilton, Richard Hamilton, yeah, um, he lives here. We were talking about the new the new center in basketball, being being tall, being athletic, 
knowing how to get from one side of the court to the next and, and, and sink the basket. You know, we're talking about the new center. Mm-hmm. You know, well, in Boston, I feel like the same thing is happening right now. Uh, with Deontay Wilder, he's showing that if we can get that, that lighter, that more athletic, that more athletic build, strong, um, 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 uh, light, I mean, heavyweight, then we'll have a dynamic scene uh, in the heavyweight division. That's how you doing, man. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's what I'm seeing as far as heavyweights go. I believe the new heavyweight is the Deontay Water type, man. You know, mm. I mean, we can look at Deontay Water style and, and be wild at how far he got. His confidence definitely got him there. His strength is definitely number one. The number one reason he is where he is. And his just determination, his willingness, and his work ethic, along with everything, just his spirit alone, man. Deontay is a powerful guy, you know. And um, so that's where we're seeing the light heavyweight division. The Russians, I mean, in the light heavyweight division, the Russians are really, really showing their head. You know, they're walking up and taking care of business. So we have a whole, we have a whole country to deal with, you know, um, <laughs> when it comes to these Russians, man. They're definitely getting a job done. A lot of division is no less, nothing less, uh, yes, nothing less, um, it's not of less importance, you know, with Javante Davis. I mean, we can name all of the guys in the, uh, in the weight classes underneath. We have Big Bang and the Terrence Crawford and EJ, man, that's a heavyweight fight right there. You know, um, that's something that we all definitely want to see. But the boxing game, the boxing scene is blowing up to me. Yeah. I'm loving everything that I'm seeing. Um, I have nothing negative to say about it, except for the fact that I feel like the promoters are taking more of the um, big fights away from us, you know. So mm. that's something to kind of dealing with. But uh, hopefully we can work our way around that adjustment and uh, and get boxing going in that, not in that 90s light that we used to see it in. Yeah, uh, you know, a couple of things there with, you know, the boxing scene, like in 2019, like you said, things have really picked up, uh, you know, a good amount. Uh, we've had like a, a good series of great fights that have you know, taken place uh, there, like, like the, you know, the um, thing with Pacquiao and Thurman, uh, Errol Spence against Sean um, Porter. Um, you know, you had the thing with... Um, that first fight uh, between Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz. Uh, you have, you know, um, Nario Inouye against Nonito Donaire. That was, you know, something that was a fight of the year candidate. And, you know, things have definitely picked up in reference to 2019. And like you said, you do want to yeah. have that carry over into 2020 and try to make, uh, you know, the the, be- the best fights that could be uh, possibly made. And, uh, the thing that you said about Deontay Wilder is something that I hadn't really, you know, thought about as far as like the type of fighter that you would have in the heavyweight division. Like you, you kind of like had those eras where, you know, either you had a shorter fighter and then you had the era where it's been a much taller fighter, like the Klitschko brothers, like Nikolai Lockwood right. and those, you know, very tall guys. And, and now, yeah. It was kind of like shifting over to guys that are like, you know, while they're around six, 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 seven, or whatever it is, they're not, right. you know, kind of like over 250 pounds now. You know, Wilder yeah. is like around, you know, 215, 220. Uh, right. You know, and, and, and that's kind of like a, a rare thing uh, there in the uh, heavyweight division because that's kind of like borderline cruiserweight almost. 
but you know, he's still, you know, able to continue, uh, you know, being undefeated and, you know, having knockouts there, you know, with that, you know, type of frame. So, uh, that is one thing that we, you know, kind of like should look towards to see if that type of heavyweight is going to be coming out more and more um, right. as, as uh, things, you know, go on uh, here. So, yeah, just did want to, you know, get that uh, thing out of there from you. Um, uh, before, like, you know, I let you go here, just wanted you to uh, let the people know about your uh, social media handles and, you know, where they could follow you and everything like that. Um. Andre Darrell on IG. Um, that's pretty much all. All I follow. I have a Facebook, but I don't. I don't really right. uh, dabble with IG. I mean, Facebook too much. You'll find me definitely on, on, on Andre Darrell IG. I'm looking forward to starting my own YouTube channel. Um, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a new kick to boxing. No offense to you and your little platform and all the platforms alike. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> I believe I have a little. I got I got a little twist on boxing on the boxing that I want to bring to it. So um, uh, I had a conversation with Al earlier, and uh, I think it'll work out really good, man. So that's something I'm looking forward to doing. But uh, our job is to definitely keep boxing alive, man. At this yeah. point, man, yeah. I'm so happy that it's I'm I'm so happy that it's as hype as it is, man. Because people always have so much to say about it due to the MMA and the Ultimate Fighting scene, man. So boxing is is alive now more than ever. It's, it's going to stay that way, I believe. The battle's like everything. You know, so um, I think things are on the up and up, man. I'm just looking forward to the future, very near future. Gotcha, gotcha. So there you have it, folks. Andre Durrell, make sure you follow him on Instagram at Andre Durrell. He has the fight coming up December 21st against Juan Cabrera. So y'all be sure to catch that, catch him in action, and he'll be ready to roll. Appreciate it. No doubt, my man, no doubt. Um, so that, um, you know, pretty much, uh, concludes, uh, that interview portion there with, uh, Andre Durrell, uh, very happy to have him on once again. And, uh, just to continue on to this uh, particular podcast, like I said, um, you have the uh, fights coming up on December 21st and uh that will be held at the Toyota Arena in Ontario, California. Uh like I said, you have Andre Durrell going up against Juan Cabrera. Uh, I think we'll be looking for that particular fight on Fox Sports 1. Um and you'll also have um former world title challenger Oscar Escandone in action there against undefeated Jack Tapura. Hugo Centennial Jr will be facing Juan Mantil and then uh you'll have uh, heavyweight Efe Ajagba going up against Iago Kalis, Kalazde, excuse me, Kalazde. Uh, I think that will be the co-feature bout uh, there before we get into the main event. Tony Harrison versus Jamel Charlo for the WBC Super Welterweight Championships is going to be a big rematch. I am looking forward to it. Uh, you had the fight last year, pretty much 364 days after their first fight where Tony Harrison was able to defeat Jamel Charlo by decision and take that belt from Jamel Charlo and give him that first loss. 
Um, man, <laughs> I mean, you had the, you know, you had Jamel Charlo there, like <laughs> very brokenhearted about that particular fight. Uh, Tony Harrison, uh, remember, you know, Harrison was you know, a world title challenger uh, there beforehand, uh, ended up losing to Jared Hurd back in 2017 for the IBF version of the Super Welterweight Championship. But he was able to work his way back up to fighting and defeating Jamel Charlo last year. And, you know, we were supposed to have this rematch in the summer, uh, but Tony Harrison suffered an ankle injury and Jamel Charlo was uh, very upset about all of that. Uh, he was saying that, oh, man, he was faking that injury and he didn't want to face him at that time. And, yo, in the press conference, man, they were talking a lot of trash, a lot of trash. And and the thing with uh, Tony Harrison, man, Tony Harrison, I mean, he he's another guy that is uh, from that Detroit area, you know, like uh, uh, Andre Durrell is. Um, and he's like, yo. He has that Detroit versus everybody mentality. And he's like, yo, there is no way that Jermil Charlo is going to beat him. That's how he's approaching this particular fight. He is looking like he's trying to break down Jamel Charlo mentally before this particular bout. Uh, and that he is going to go in there and and like he, he feels like he's going to take Jamel Charlo to school while Jamel Charlo is looking like he's like, yo, that he wants to just break down, eventually break down and stop Tony Harrison here in the rematch. So I am looking forward to that particular bout. Uh, that will be the main event over in the Toyota arena. Uh, that is, you know, the uh, main event there. And uh, like I said, you, you have Andre Durrell against Juan Cabrera. And Effie Jagba, who's undefeated, going up against Yago Kolasnik. So that's you know one of the things that um you know we have going down next week. So we'll be you know going uh, through that particular fight card on next week's show. So uh, hopefully you'll be able to uh, catch that. Um, later on down the line, we will be uh, talking about the fight between Gavante Tank Davis and Yuriorkis Gamboa that's taking place in Atlanta. And as mentioned, while Andre Durrell, uh was on John Pascal versus Battle Jack uh, that is at light heavyweight uh, is going to be, you know, for the regular championship of the WBA. Um, that's going to be, you know, that's going to be very interesting there. Uh, that that particular bout is uh, going to be for that WBA uh, World Lightweight title. Um, because you had John Pascal, um, you know, that did, you know, lose to um, Dimitri Baval, you know, uh, for at the time was the WBA. Uh, world light heavyweight title. So I, I, I guess this means that Dimitri Baval is going to be, you know, elevated to the uh super championship. You know, maybe um that that's the whole thing with the WBA. You have those, 
your interim champions, you have a super champion, you have a regular champion, you have a gold champion. Um, supposedly they were trying to, you know, consolidate belts, uh, but that didn't, you know, pretty much happen. Uh, I mean, I was talking about the thing with Manny Pacquiao and Keith Thurman. And Keith Thurman was the super champion. Manny Pacquiao was the regular champion. Manny Pacquiao ends up winning that fight. And now we just have, <laughs> we still have a regular champion now. And Alexander Besputin, uh, who has been ordered to fight your Dennis Ugas. And the gold champion is uh, Virgil Ortiz, uh, who I think recently had a bout on Friday, uh, Friday night. So <laughs> this whole world title thing is uh, 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 like a, a big, big mess. Uh, but that's pretty much uh, what we have uh, there uh, for what's planned uh, next weekend. Uh, hopefully, we'll get. Uh, things um, working a little bit better uh, for the show. Um, so be sure to catch us uh, next week, uh, December 22nd, where we will be going over that fight card over in the uh, Toyota Arena uh, in Ontario, California. Um, and we will be looking forward to that fight card that's in Atlanta, featured by Gavante Tank Davis against Yuri Yorkis Gamboa and the co-feature John Pascal against Battle Jack. So that's pretty much what we have uh, here for this particular version of the Boxing Source Radio Show. Um, be sure to catch the sister show um, that is on Blog Talk Radio, the Cold Hard Truth on Sports. That's scheduled for Tuesday nights. Uh, that's where I usually, um, you know, kind of like talk about boxing or college football or NFL and things like that. So y'all be sure to uh, catch that show as well. And um, like I said, at the end of every show, folks, the point of boxing is to hit and not get hit, not to stand and trade. On that note, I'm out. Have a good evening, everyone. <laughs>